1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A gorgeous young woman literally travels the globe for true love and finds her dream man. Now she's missing. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. is Jepsi. Take a listen to this.
2: Tonight a mother in Hong Kong holding out hope that her daughter, 26-year-old Jepsi Amaga of Colorado Springs will soon be found safe. She's been missing since March 20th with no trace of where she might have gone. And you know, margie Amaga says she and her daughter talk regularly. So when a few days went by without hearing from Jepsi, her suspicions started to rise. And now 26 days later, she's just hoping for the best.
3: I am so worried, and I
2: cannot sleep. I cannot concentrate more work. The emotional toll is mounting for Margie Amaga, her daughter, 26-year-old Jepsy Amaga, missing for nearly a month in Colorado Springs while she watches on from Hong Kong feeling hopeless.
4: It's very hard for me. It's very pain for me because I am very far.
1: I cannot comfort her, and I don't know where I find her. I don't know, I'm only alone. I can only imagine the pain of that mother far away from her child learning that Gypsy is missing. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. Thanks for being with us here at Fox Nation Series XM 111. Let me introduce you an all-star panel to make sense of what we know so far. First of all, Nicole deboard Hotchglobe, criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, joining us out of Houston. And you can find her at HoustonCriminalDefense.com Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction. And you can find her at AngelaArnoldMD.com Dr. Todd Barr. Deputy medical examiner, forensic pathologist joining us out of Cleveland and you can find him at Thin Places, Essays from In Between at Twitter at Todd Barr M.E. Cheryl McCollum joining us, founder and director of the Cold Case Research Institute. and You can find her at coldcasecrimes.org. But first to Sydney Stell, news reporter, KRDO News Channel 13. Sydney, thank you so much for being with us. We were just listening to uh Rob Quirk and Elizabeth Watts at KOAA News 5 speaking to Gypsy's mom. I understand that Gypsy traveled the globe to meet her true love. Tell me about that.
5: Yeah, so she lived in the Philippines, and she had a great job. She had a bachelor's degree. She was the breadwinner for her family. She's got six siblings and a mom, and she was helping support them financially from the Philippines. She meets the guy Dane Colungi online And very quickly, she moves to the U.S. She moves and marries him in 2017. So she moves and leaves everything behind to come to the U.S. to be with Dane.
1: Wow. She traveled all the way to the U.S. to marry her true love. You know, Dr. Angela Arnold, a lot of people poo-poo online dating. A lot of couples don't want to admit they met online. But I've got a success story. My nephew smart, 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 double major in chemistry and IT, tech, meets a woman online, they date, they get married, they now have an almost four-year-old little boy, perfectly happy, they just bought a house, couldn't be happier. It does happen, Dr. Angie.
4: Well, of course it does. And Nancy, if it didn't happen then online dating wouldn't be such a huge thing, the huge thing that it is, right? So certainly there are success stories, but unfortunately it it is such a medium for people to fool people about who they really
1: are. Yeah, and there are a lot of rules to follow with online dating, what to reveal and when to reveal it. But in this case, she travels the world, she meets her dream man, and they do get married and then she goes missing. Take a listen to Sam Kramer KOAA.
2: The Colorado Springs Police Department tells News 5 they are investigating this as a missing persons case. They're calling it an active investigation as a mother 7,500 miles away pleads for help from anyone that can.
4: I just want to find
1: as soon as possible my daughter, I need her. So I need someone to help me. You know, I'm looking at a shot of Jepsy right now, and she looks like a model. Of course, that doesn't matter, Cheryl McCollum. You know, we take our witnesses and our victims uh, the way we find them. I remember one witness coming in to court. It was in an arson case, Cheryl McCollum and if I could, I'm gonna remember her name in just a moment. She came into court mid-August in Atlanta. It had to be 101 degrees outside. She had on a huge fake fur hat, and she Mm -hmm. reeked of booze. I know, when she walked past the jury, they all went, okay? But she was one of the greatest witnesses ever because she saw what happened the night of the arson. Oh, by the way, it was of a whole apartment complex. The whole thing went down in flames. So she was the only eyewitness. So you take your witnesses and your victims as you find them. Now that was on one end of the spectrum, Cheryl McCollum, but this woman, Jepsy, she's gorgeous, beautiful, long, straight, silky black hair, perfect smile. I don't know if that's natural or if that's $20,000 worth of orthodontia, but this woman is gorgeous. She is beautiful. She's also
3: well-educated. She's a hard worker, and she's devoted to her family. She's the breadwinner. So this is not somebody that's going to be flighty, that's not dependable, that you just have to question what her motives are. She's a solid person that if you look at her pattern – that's what you've got to rely on right now. Is that pattern? Is she the person that, you know, dips for a day or two here and there? And if not,
1: you got to concentrate on that. You know, I'm glad you said that about pattern evidence too. Nicole Dibord hotchglow criminal defense attorney, joining me out of Houston and former prosecutor. Yes, it's true. Lady justice is blind, and I frankly don't give a fig if somebody is a debutante or a hooker. When it comes to a missing person, or a murder, or a sex assault, Lady Justice doesn't care and neither do I. There is one very critical point to a victim's background. It's exactly what Cheryl McCollum just said. Does she go from place to place uh, willy-nilly? Does she not report into her mom? Does she not call home or FaceTime? Does she hold down a job? Is she predictable? Or does she club every night? Does she sleep in one place, one apartment, one flophouse after the next? That matters when you're trying to catch a kidnapper.
4: That's completely true. I mean, the reality is, is that there is some amount of inquiry into what happened to the victim in terms of, you know, is this somebody else's responsibility or did they just disappear because it's their habit to do things that are unpredictable? In this case, uh, we know that she was very predictable and had a very stable lifestyle, so there's no reason to believe that she
1: would just up and leave her family. Another thing about this woman, Jetsy, just gorgeous woman, hardworking, smart, degree, everything you could want, Another thing about her is that she always kept in touch with her family. So when mom, who is back home, uh, all from the Philippines, when she doesn't hear from her, she's suspicious. She has no idea what's going on. And Dr. Angela Arnold, that's excruciating. You know, my children just went away for the first time without me as a volunteer to scout camp. I nearly died not being there, of course they were fine, and I knew up yeah. here they'd be fine, but being away from them for the first time and me not being there to save them if they needed it, it was well, excruciating. Sure. Can you
5: and imagine this, what this mom's going through?
1: Oh, dear God, It's and she's so far away,
4: and there's no way for her to get here, and when she gets here, who's she gonna talk to about this? And then there's the whole, li- I mean, there's a language barrier in all likelihood,
1: right? Well, So it, it, she must just feel at such a complete and utter loss. It's helplessness. That feeling of yes. helplessness is overwhelming.
6: It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Nix anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nix's biggest sales of the year.
7: at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about a beautiful 28-year-old woman, Jepsy Kalunji, that goes missing seemingly into thin air. And this woman has traveled the world. As a matter of fact, she travels all the way across the world after meeting her true love online. And she gets to the U.S. and it works. They marry. So how does she go missing once she makes it to the U.S.? Uh, And we're talking about her mother being so far away, not being able to be in touch with her. It reminds me a great deal, Cheryl McCollum, of Natalie Holloway's mother when she describes finding out Natalie is missing on a high school trip. In Aruba, right. and here she is in uh, near Birmingham, Alabama, and is not right there on the scene. It also reminds me of Jessica Chambers' dad, when he finds out something is horribly wrong, and he's racing to the hospital after his teenage daughter, the cheerleader, has been mm-hmm. burned, and trying to get there to see her before she dies. That feeling of helplessness, it's awful.
3: It is awful. And again, just like with Natalie Holloway, she was dependable. She didn't come home late. She didn't sneak out. She didn't have unreliable boyfriends. So her mama knew the instant they said, Natalie didn't make it to the airport, she knew something is bad wrong. Just like this mama her, her daughter has traveled the world. She's, you know, perfectly competent going from point A to point B. So if she does not show up somewhere, something is terribly wrong. And she always kept up with her mama uh, through social media, online, you know, that
1: telephone. And
3: again, once she broke that pattern, Mama
1: knew something was wrong. You know, it's an, an, it's an innate feeling, and you cannot deny it. And I've said it over and over and over that when you have an instinct, don't disregard it, thinking it's just a hunch. Follow it. Those instincts are born of thousands and thousands of years of evolution. It may be something you saw out of the side of your eye, a, a, a feeling you got, a smell, a sound, a memory. It matters and this mother knew something was horribly wrong when she did not get that FaceTime, did not get that phone call. Take a listen now to our friends at Colorado Springs PD.
0: On April 4th, 2019, Colorado Springs Police Department initiated a missing person case report for 26-year-old Colorado Springs resident, Jepsi Kalungi. Several unsuccessful attempts have been made by family and friends of Miss Jepsi Kalungi in the days leading up to the report to make contact with her. The responding CSPD police officer conducted a preliminary investigation and initiated the missing person report. Through that investigation, it was discovered that the last contact anyone had with Jepsey was on March 20th, 2019.
1: The last contact was in March. Joining me in all-star panel to make sense of what we know, Nicole DeBoard-Hutchglobe, Dr. Angela Arnold, Dr. Todd Barr, Cheryl McCullum, Sydney Stell, the fact that she is not reporting to work, the fact that she has not called her mom, very, very big indicators that something is horribly wrong. Now. I want you to take a listen to our cut number three. This is Sam Kramer, KOAA News 5. RG tells me Jepsy moved to the U.S. in 2017 from the Philippines.
2: She fell in love with a man she met online, Dane Kalungi of Colorado Springs, and married him. RG says he's the last person to have seen Jepsy and told her he thought Jepsi was headed back to the Philippines, Mexico, or Chicago to visit friends. She hasn't been seen since. She always
3: talked to me, she always messaged me, so I wonder at the time why she's not online.
1: You know, that is a big indicator now whether you're online or not with such heavy social media presence, which is prevalent in our day and age. If you're offline People find that very, very unusual. And let me talk to you, Cheryl McCollum, about what we call routine evidence. And I don't mean typical run-of-the-mill evidence. I mean evidence of routine. Like, what's your routine, Cheryl McCollum, when you wake up in the morning? Or or dare I hear it? (laughs) Well, I'm gonna start with a little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you. (laughs)
3: Little hair of the dog talk to Walt, you know, he always laughs, and I'll have a half a cup of coffee with him. And then, you know, I'm going to be at the police department on duty by seven o'clock. So that's going to be my routine. And sometimes I'll call my sister Charlene because she's a trauma nurse and we can talk on our way to work because we're both up driving that early and just checking in on, on the events that are coming up in the weekend or whatnot. But again, there is that pattern. And people nowadays with these cell phones, their patterns are very, very clear, and you can go back and see exactly how they operate. So even during COVID, when people were in the hospital and they couldn't have company or visitors, they were still on their line posting, hey, you know, this is what's going on. You know, pray for me. I'm I'm leaving the hospital Friday. So those habits, people make deposits at the bank if they have their uh, own business on Wednesdays or Fridays. People... Go to church Wednesday night or Sunday morning. They are creatures of habit. They go to the same grocery store. They go, you know, on a girl's trip once a year. So, again, with this missing person, when the husband says she's gone to the Philippines, Mexico, or Chicago, is her passport missing? When is the last time she ever took a trip without him? Did he buy well, her they haven't
1: been tickets? married that long, so she hasn't had a chance to really establish a lot of a routine with him. But um, I could see her going to visit friends in another city. Also, uh, what you're saying rings true regarding Philippines. You have to get your passport straight. you got to get your flight plan for overseas travel. Right. So that takes some doing. You don't just walk up to the Delta counter and go, hey, I want to buy your next flight home. That's something typically I think you would prepare for. But she says she's going to see France, and I'm guessing he is assuming that it's Philippines or Chicago or Mexico. But take a listen now to our friends at Fox 21, our cut six.
0: Friends and family of Jebsi Kalungi have been wanting answers. You know, she's a human. You know, from, she just believes. In love. Renee Ramos was close to Jepsy and spoke to her days leading up to her disappearance in March of twenty nineteen. She claims Jepsy wanted to work on her marriage. After her disappearance, her friends tried to reach out to him for help, but he told them Jepsy left for either Chicago or the Philippines. I asked her like so why why you really have to go back with him? And then she said, I wanna try the relationship. I
4: wanna give you I really wanna give him a second chance. And
1: you know, as a friend, okay, hmm. Okay, Sydney's still joining me from KRDO News Channel 13. You can find her at krdo.com. Sydney, how long had they been married at, at, at the time she disappeared? So they had been married for about two years at that point, huh? Well, let me just analyze that for a moment. Um, two years, and you already have to give them a second chance. Is he still under the warranty, Cheryl McCollum? Because if you're already having problems, I mean, like with a car, don't you have a six-month to a one-year warranty? You just take it back? Lemon law. Yeah, lemon law. That's right. Thank you. I should know that having worked to the Federal Trade Commission. Lemon law. That should be, like, ingrained in my memory. But if you're already having problems where you're giving the person a second chance and you're just two years in, Cheryl? The first 12 months should be a given. I mean, that should still be the honeymoon phase for sure. So...
3: You're talking about the last 12 months. What has happened? And again, we're going back to patterns. How often are they arguing? How often does she maybe spend the night elsewhere or does he spend the night elsewhere?
1: Well, wait, wait a minute, separated? right now we don't have any of that spending the night out
3: in evidence. No, no, I'm saying that would be a pattern you would look for if
6: they're having trouble. took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Knicks' biggest sales of the year.
7: at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. For everybody just joining us, we are in the midst of an investigation trying to determine what happened to a gorgeous 28-year-old woman. Her mother lives halfway around the world, is distraught when Gypsy doesn't Call. That's her habit. That's her routine. Now, Gypsy, smart, has her four-year degree, beautiful. Uh, all her friends love her. She's well-traveled. She's well-versed. She's extremely articulate, finds true love online, travels all the way across the world to marry the husband. And they do, and seemingly are happy. But then suddenly, she goes missing, and of course, the first person you look at is the husband. Now we learn those two uh, let's say hit a rough patch and Gypsy had been talking to her bestie about giving the husband a quote second chance. I'm all for second chances. I'm all about second chances depending on what was the problem initially. Sydney Stell, KRDO, do we know what the marital problem
5: was? Why he needed a second chance? Um, We don't know specifically what their issues were. I did talk to friends and family, and they told me that he was very controlling with her, so he was very specific about who she could see and when, how she used her phone, who she talked to on her phone. Um, So we know that was an issue. We also know that they did file for divorce in October before she went missing, and then in January, less than two months before she disappeared, they vacated that. So they were having issues, uh, but it seemed like they were
1: reconciling. Okay, Sydney Still, you know, I'm sure I drove every one of my hundreds of witnesses insane, especially, sorry, Dr. Barr, the medical examiners, because I had no idea what they were saying. It was like uh, another language to start using Latin phrases and medical discussions. I'm like, whoa, whoa, stop. Okay. If I don't understand it, I doubt people on the jury are going to understand it because they're going to be just like me going, what? With you, Sydney still, here's your problem. You know too much. So I'm drinking from the fire hydrant from you. So could you just slow it down? And I want to hear that line by line, everything you just said, if you don't mind. Sorry.
5: No, you're good. Um, yeah, I've, I've been covering this case now and talking to friends and family. So I apologize. I get a little... Um I love it. it.
1: I can't get enough information because you know what's interesting? In a case, a missing person, a murder, any case, that tiniest detail can change everything. Just an example, uh, Sydney. I once was able to figure out, not from my own uh, deductions, but from a piece of evidence left behind at a scene, one earring explained to me how a woman who to this day remains a Jane Doe was killed where she was killed. It was very important because I was onto a serial killer. That one earring made a difference in the way the case played out. So just tell me again, Sydney, I'll try to take it in a little bit better this time.
5: Okay. So um, when I spoke to friends and family, they said that Dane had been really controlling of Jepsey. So he was really specific about who she would talk to who she would see. He was specific about how she used her phone. Um, and so her friends told me they felt like she was in an abusive and really controlling situation. So in October, Dane and Jesse file for divorce. So they've been married about a year and a half at this point. Then, you know, they go through some of the filing process. And then by January, they vacate that. So they decide that they're going to be back together. Um, and less than two months later, Jeopardy vanishes. No one knows where she goes. No one hears from her. And really, no one hears from her again.
1: Nicole DeBoard-Hutchglobe joining me, veteran criminal defense attorney out of Houston, former prosecutor. And you can find her at HoustonCriminalDefense.com. Nicole, now I know you and I are on the two different sides of the fence. But I think we can agree on one thing. Do you ever get sick and tired whenever a woman goes missing, somebody has to say, oh, she probably ran off with a boyfriend? Did they always say that? There's all
4: kinds of excuses, you know, that the the person made a choice that they have, you know, elected whatever their, their punishment was or their you know, the disappearance. And in this case, there's just so much information that points to something a crime you know and uh and i think that this is going to be a lot more complicated
1: once we get the details you know it, it never fails cheryl McCollum, when a woman goes missing I, I, people still say it about stacy peterson drew peterson's oh, yeah. what fifth wife I mean, Kathleen Savio, wife number one, was found drowned in a bone-dry bathtub covered in bruises. He got convicted on that finally. There are multiple wives, and now Stacy goes missing. To this day, people still suggest she ran off with a boyfriend, leaving the children behind. I mean, she didn't. She's dead, and he killed her. Okay. Why do they always say that about women? Now you've got Gypsy vanishing, and people, some people, not me, I hope not you, Cheryl McCollum, suggest that, oh, she just had a boyfriend. She did not have a boyfriend. There's no suggestion of a boyfriend in texts and phone calls, nothing. There's zero evidence that she had a boyfriend. Plus, that would
3: not explain why she would stop communicating with her mama. And that doesn't explain why she would stop going to work. And that doesn't explain why she would stop communicating with
1: friends. None of that hands out, none. Now, Dr. Angela Arnold, you're the psychiatrist, you're the MD, I'm just a JD, but I can see people that have maybe never been, like, lived with someone or been in a serious relationship before, rankling at the confines of marriage, you got to come home to the same place, to the same person, to the same supper table, to the same issues every single day or bail. And I could see marriage. I don't know marriage stats. I only know that mine's still together. You know, praise God. But um, I could see where people marry and they're like, "Whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I'm out of here." So. Filing for a divorce at a year and a half, that seems about right. The new shiny part is wearing off, and now you're stuck with the bills and the laundry and the cat and the dog and the plants and the this and the that. I could see that happening. Um, but, but also, this woman was
4: described as a very responsible, very smart woman who's taking care of her family. she It doesn't sound to me like she married this man to gain access to the United States. She well, wait a minute. Nobody even together. said that. You're the. You know what?
1: I'm shocked what? at you.
4: Nobody's even said that. I know that. I. That's what I said. I said it doesn't appear that way.
1: But what I'm saying no, is, no, you put thought, that in everybody's minds. This woman it, needed exactly. a U.S. citizenship like a fish needs a bicycle. Didn't well, need it. That she that had everything going on for her back home. Exactly.
4: And guess what, Nancy? That also means to me that she saw the danger in this, okay? I, this is what I'm dying to say. When people want to give someone a second chance after they've done something really horrible to them, part of the reason for that is because they're still under that person's spell. This man has taken this much time to control her and isolate her and she's still a little bit under his spell, and she doesn't want to seem like a failure to her family back home. So she, he, he convinced her to pull that divorce decree away. I can promise you that.
1: You know, I would have a problem with this with the controlling part, um, Dr. Angela Arnold. The controlling part. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend whose husband wants to pick out her clothes and jewelry. Oh God. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, right there, I say bye-bye. But that's him, and it's one of his idiosyncrasies. Now, this guy wants to control who she talks to on the phone. What did you tell me, Sidney Stell? She said he was controlling, and how was he controlling?
5: Um, he was really, the, the way the family told me is they said she was. he was really specific about the way she communicated. So who she talked to, when she met up with them, how she used her phone, he was really controlling specifically about
4: her cell phone. Huh. And you know, Nancy, controlling leads to isolation. Right now, we're talking about him controlling her. It would have led to
1: isolation. On the, her there's, part, trying to make him happy, them. she cut down yes. on her... Yeah, okay, I get it. She cut down on communications to keep him quiet. Guys, yes. take a listen now to our cut five This is our friends, K-R-D-O. News Channel 13. It's
5: been more than two years since anyone has heard from 26-year-old Jepsy Kalungi. Family friend Rachel Jackson said she moved from the Philippines to the United States a few years ago. I know
3: that uh, she have a decent job in the Philippines, that she have a bachelor degree, and she came over here to the U.S. just because she want to be in the U.S. She came over here and married Dane because she fell in love with Dane.
5: Dane and Jepsy were married for about two years before she disappeared in March of 2019. Just days later, Dane moved out of the state to live in california what sydney still hold on just a moment he moves
1: sounds to me like he's not expecting her to walk back in the front door
5: yeah very quickly and that was one of the big things that police obviously they felt very suspicious but she goes missing on march 20th and by early april he has moved to california to live with his dad you know what this reminds me of
1: Sidney still reminds me of Scott Peterson, who did murder Lacey and Connor, his wife and unborn child. I don't care what some cable outfit special wants to say to try to get ratings, he did murder her. But remember, everybody, that Lacey goes missing and then he suddenly tries to sell her car and orders the porn channel? Like, he knows she is not coming home. Also, tries to sell the house. I mean, it would be a cold day in H E L L I walk in and catch my husband watching porn on the family TV. And that's not going to happen over my cold dead body. And see, that's what Peterson knew. So she goes missing and he moves within a couple of weeks. Not only moves,
5: but moves out of state. Did I understand that correct, City Stell? Yeah, he, his dad lives in California. And so he moved to live with his dad in California not even a month after she goes missing.
6: Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks
7: At PurdueGlobal.edu.
1: Crime stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, take a listen uh, because suddenly there is a break in the case. Have you ever heard the phrase "loose lips sink ships"? believe it. Dane Kalungi admitted to his ex-wife Elaine that he killed Jepsy. Dane's ex-wife told
0: police and then she helped them record a phone call between herself and Dane. In that call the record show Dane said he killed Jepsy then drove her body to a remote part of Teller County
1: where he buried her. Jepsy Kalungi's body has not been found. Did you hear that? If you didn't hear that, take a listen to Daniela Leon at Fox 21. Through a
0: recorded conversation, CSPD was able to obtain a confession. Kalungi said he grabbed Jeff, saying, quote, tried stopping the words from coming out of her mouth and realized he did it for more than a second. Kalungi went on telling his ex-wife he went out to a remote area in Teller County and buried her body after digging a grave for hours. Kalungi was arrested in New Mexico shortly after the recorded conversation took place. Kalungi then told his ex-wife quote he didn't mean to do it, and Jepsy didn't deserve it Now, friends of Jepsy also reached out to Dane Kalungi to ask for jepsy's whereabouts, and he told them she had either left for Chicago or the Philippines and failed to give them an address. Police say this case stemmed from a domestic violence abuse case. Now court documents
1: also state Kalungi was also abusive towards his ex-wife. Well, I know this will make everyone cringe, or as my children say, that's so cringy. When you don't know a horse, look at his track record. He had a history of domestic abuse beating his ex-wife. I got another question. Cheryl McCollum, uh, you and I have worked the streets uh, as investigator and prosecutor for a really long time. Why do people have to yap? That's why I always said there's no way that O.J. Simpson was framed by a group of police because not one of them for this long could have kept their yaps shut. Or not do a $20 million book deal. Okay, It's not going to happen. Somebody is going to talk. They have to. They can't help themselves. And here he calls and tells his ex-wife he murdered Gypsy. And let
3: me just say, once again, the ex-wife comes through. You pick the person that you were abusive to. Fill your guts about how you killed your latest wife. Yeah. So that's fabulous for the prosecution, first of all. And second of all, that leads to the police, being able to not only move this person to the only suspect and person of interest, but gives them a way to now get some search warrants to see what they can find out that he might still possess.
1: You know, Sydney still joining me, KRD on the case from the very, very beginning. This also reminds me of Peterson in the sense that Amber Fry, his mistress, while he was still married to Lacey, actually recorded their conversations, which helped make the case now this ex-wife in the current case and the case against Jepsy's husband Dane Kulungi, she risked her life because she agreed to record a conversation if they had not arrested him after that immediately then he could have come
5: and killed her yeah i mean that's a possibility when you look at the past abuse i mean it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to look at i mean she she, in this arrest affidavit, she goes through, you know, I remember being strangled by Dane. I remember going in and out of consciousness. Her twin sister who lived with them remembers Dane picking her up by the throat um, and holding her like half a foot off the ground. So he was very abusive to her. And she said that that abuse started back in 2006. So I, it's hard to imagine that when she finds out Jesse goes missing and she hears Dane talk about how it happened, that she didn't think. While wow, that
1: could offend me. Joining me right now, Dr. Todd M. Barr, Deputy Medical Examiner, joining us out of Cleveland. You can find him at Thin Places: Essays from In Between, or also on Twitter at Todd Barr M.E. Dr. Barr, thank you so much for being with us. Now, this body we think has been buried for a period of time uh, in a, a grave that took quote hours to dig. Given the circumstances that you know, do you believe we will ever be able to prove cause of death once we find the body, if the COD is strangulation?
8: Well, you know what I'm going to tell you, Nancy. Say it with me. I'm going for the hyoid bone. I am looking for the hyoid bone. If this man is strangling her, I read the affidavit, and uh, he said something about looking directly into her eyes as he was doing this and caused severe damage. And you know damn well that his hands on her neck, exerting that pressure, is going to break that hyoid bone. So I've had several cases where people have been buried for up to two years. Uh, One case was a a Russian woman who was killed by her her husband and wrapped in a sheet and buried three feet deep next to a, a riverbed. She was only in the ground for about eight months. But remarkably, when we dug her up, She was still pretty well preserved because of the cool earth that was surrounding her for that whole entire time. And she wasn't exposed to the heat and to the flies and the maggots and all of that. Uh, Another case I had, the person's uh, flesh had kind of disintegrated into sort of a peanut buttery mix. But we still had all of the bones and we can extract DNA from the bones, from the fingernail beds. Uh, and we can do facial reconstruction with forensic anthropology. Uh, We we can certainly uh, elicit certain patterns that might be found in a skeletonized body, uh, particularly the hyoid bone. If we have a fractured hyoid bone, that's all I need. Wow,
1: you're awesome. I could listen to you talk all day long. Now, not everybody wants to hear a medical examiner talk about dead bodies, but I think you're awesome. For those of you... Our listeners that don 't know what is a hyoid bone
8: so the, the hyoid bone uh, if, if you take your finger and run it along your jawline and you 've got sort of the angle of the jaw that makes sort of a u shape or a v shape in the front, well right behind that at the floor of the mouth is where the hyoid bone sits and it 's attached by a number of different muscles that hold the whole floor of the mouth together, and that 's what gives you the shape of the floor of the mouth and the prominence where your chin comes out. So it's, it really is a supportive structure. But it's right above the, the trachea or the windpipe, as people would call it. And um, and it's, it's intimately connected with all those neck structures. So if you're affecting pressure onto those structures, uh, they're very delicate uh, cartilages and bones in there, and they're very easy to fracture.
1: So is the hyoid above the Adam's apple, between the Adam's apple and the chin?
8: Yes. Exactly.
1: Is it more under your, uh, is it more on your throat or more under your mouth, under your tongue?
8: It's basic, it's under your tongue at the base of the, it's like if you, where your neck, if you go up, you find your Adam's apple and then at that angle where your your chin starts to jut out, that's where the hyoid bone lives.
1: Okay, between those two, like equidistance?
8: Um, it's pretty well centered right under your chin. Got it.
1: Um. So let's just say that she is buried in this grave that he's talked about, told his ex-wife about, because he couldn't possibly keep his mouth shut. Um, do you believe she will be skeletonized?
8: It, it, it depends on the conditions of where she was buried, how deep she was buried, what the aeration was like. Um, it's quite possible that she, uh, if it's a very arid or dry area, she could be mummified um, if she's still wearing her clothing, certain parts of the skin may be a little more preserved than other parts of of her body. Uh, It really depends on a lot of conditions. But uh, regardless, even if she's completely skeletonized, there's still so much information that we can get. Uh, You know, she may even have, if he's beat her before, she may have uh, skull fractures or facial bone fractures. Uh, There could be all, you know, we would be looking at all kinds of Uh, surfaces of different bones to to look for um, any kind of injury pattern.
1: And here's the rub. In our jurisprudence system, a person cannot be tried and convicted based on a confession alone. That's the law, whether we like it or not. So that's why we
8: need that hyoid bone. That's
1: why we truer words were never spoken, Doctor Todd M Barr joining me out of Cleveland. Truer words were never spoken. We need that body. We wait as justice unfolds. If you have information, please call 719-444-7000. Repeat, 719-444-7000. Goodbye, friend.